listening to Daily Note, presenting by Almost Sideways. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Almost Sideways, a place for movie conversation. Today's conversation on Daily Notes is going to be about a film uh, that just released on Amazon Prime. That's Hotel Transylvania 4, Transformania. We also are going to talk about the 2017 film, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, so stay tuned. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I drink your milkshake. If you only knew the power of the dark side. You have my curiosity. Now you have my attention. This is how I went. Shall we begin? Yes, we are back here with another episode of Daily Notes. Really excited for today's conversations uh, that we have in store for you. Kept some interesting movies. Last week, of course, I took a week off. Kind of, quote-unquote, kind of off. Uh, we had the... Top 10 movies of 2021. Really fun list of uh, movies we talk about. A lot of conversations there. Really dug my list. Uh, really, really, uh, I like my, the movies that I did see. I you know I watched Zach's number one film over the week, and I did share my um, thoughts on that film uh, as well on uh, the podcast. Uh, basically, it's, it's a really great film called The Rescue uh, that Zach recommended. It was his number one film of 2021. It's, it's just a great little rescue story, um, true story there too, trying to save the uh, the uh, soccer players from Ty, the, the kids that got stuck in the cave there with the cave divers too. Really crazy story. Uh, but it, anyway, to recap my top 10 here, uh, just probably heard of this but just to recap i love recaps anyway number 10 i have pleasure nine the green knight eight small engine repair seven shiva baby six dune five pig four new order three billy eilish the a world the world's a little blurry two the novice and number one mass the best takeaway that i got from our list reveal was that todd said that this is the most indie sounding list that i've ever heard of Really dug that. Appreciate it, dude. Uh, but I really liked that. Uh, like sharing my thoughts. There's definitely some homework to do on some of the, the guys' list too. So I put those movies down on the list there, and uh, really looking forward to checking out some of those. Uh, I didn't. I've already pre-recorded the randomized spin on this intro. I did the outro first this time, so I was really excited for those randomized spins. But anyway, we'll get to that later. Uh, but I think that not this episode, of course, but the next one. I might have to do. Uh, a randomized spin for a top 10 2021 movie. Uh, try to get watch some of those guys their lists as well. To try to get all those done, that'll be that'll be a good idea, I think. But anyway, that's gonna be a fun uh, conversation here. Uh, let's start off with the new release. Uh, so I, I haven't quite seen Scream yet, and I, I kind of wanted to talk about it, but I also just wanted to be able to talk about this film here, and, and I can always uh, put Scream in on the next one or go see another new release or whatever, but I, I kind of wanted to take a second to talk about Hotel Transylvania. Tran, tran, Hotel, as I can um, stumble over my words here, which is great audio. But I wanted to talk about the another 2022 release film, and that is Hotel Transylvania Transformania. Uh, really interesting take, and I, I kind of do like the Hotel Transylvania movies. Here's to Hotel Transylvania! Johnny works so hard to make this extra special. Fire! Oh, that's not good. 
Nice one, Blobby. Okay. Thank you, dear son-in-law. I've ruined everything. Johnny, what are you talking about? Your dad never really thought of me as part of the family. All because I'm not a monster. So, you want to become a monster, huh? Van Helsing? The monstification ray turns humans into monsters and monsters into humans. But is it safe, though? Great question. Huh? That's weird. Nothing happened. Ugh. Hey, Drac, what's up? Johnny? Oh, no! You're human, and I'm a monster. It's like Freaky Friday, but on a Tuesday, though. Huh? Funny enough, I did review Hotel Transylvania 3. I believe that was the summer vacation one. I can't remember exactly what the subtext of that movie was, but uh, this is the fourth film. Uh, this did not go out to uh, theaters, which I was kind of surprised by. And it went straight to Amazon Prime. Uh, for me, I think that was actually a cool, just a good decision for that. I don't know if necessarily it uh, it had to be seen in theaters, so it was definitely one that I enjoyed watching from the comfort of my, my in my house in my home. Uh, big note before going into this, just in case you didn't know this, Adam Sandler does not return as Count Dracula. It's actually an actor, um, voice actor named Brian Hole, which I do follow him on YouTube, which is really good. He has really good. Um, talent with his uh, doing different voices there so you definitely should check out some of his youtube clips i will make a note and try and put a link down in the description box of this podcast so you can guys go take a look at that and support him over there on youtube uh, but brian hall does a really good job here uh, playing the voice of dracula but before we get into like what i liked about it what i didn't like about the movie let's talk about what this film is about when van helsing's mysterious invention the Monster Fixation Ray goes haywire. Drac and his monster pals are all transformed into humans, and Johnny becomes a monster. In their new mismatched bodies, Drac and Johnny must team up and race across the globe to find a cure before it's too late and before they drive each other crazy. Uh, so, uh, first big takeaway on uh, this film, I, I, it's a pretty harmless, fun uh, outing from our favorite monsters here and uh, this movie uh, of course has a stacked cast even without adam sandler returning we still see returns from selena gomez andy sandberg katherine hahn jim gaffigan steve buscemi sitting here molly shannon david spade keegan michael key brian hall as a uh, dracula fran drescher shows up uh, in here so many big names here it they pretty much all do their parts. They're all pretty much the same, you know, nothing too crazy. And Andy Sandberg does get a, a ton to do here because he plays the voice of Johnny, who uh, he's the main focal point. The main focal point of the movie is Brian Hall's uh, Dracula character and Andy Sandberg's Johnny. Uh, Johnny in the, the film franchise is married to Drac's daughter, Mavis, played by Selena Gomez. 
And, uh, you know, I've, I've enjoyed these movies to a certain extent. My daughter likes them a lot more than I do. And they're not, you know, they're not made for adults like me. They're made for my, uh, for kids, of course. And I think this is a pretty harmless outing into their franchise. And it's a good way, it's a good note to kind of end the franchise on as well. I'm pretty sure I've read that this was going to be the last one, which it's okay. I think that my favorite one, personally, is Hotel Transylvania 3. It's the one that I, I can go back and I have rewatched at least with my daughter. The first one's fine. I did not like the second one. So I think this, if I did the franchise ranking, it would be the, my least favorite's the second one. Then this fourth installment. And then you get the first and then, of course, the third installment there. But uh, things I liked about it, I think the animation was uh, pretty dang good. But I can maybe can tell the quality difference when it was just a streaming movie. It's still it's still fine, but it just doesn't. The, the colors maybe don't pop as much as I thought they would, considering you know it is a Transylvania movie who's had four outings. Um, but I think it maybe comes across as like an Ice Ace Ice Age movie, which is not maybe not the best comparison there. But there were so many different uh, um, films of those that they slowly, you can tell the quality and the animation was in the highest. Not saying that it's made poorly or anything like that. It just didn't capture that imagination that I thought that it would going into a fourth film, especially when characters character models were switched up. The character switches when they get the monsters to humans. I thought that was rather funny, and I actually did get quite a bit of chuckles in it. So I got to give it props for that. I have some really funny moments here. Um, the movie is not terribly long. It's like 88 minutes, but I think that's like 10 minutes too long. It, it it's it you know it doesn't feel like it needed to be a full length movie. It could be like a short film, uh, but it's kind of just cool to see our monsters go out on top. Uh, again, it's it's nothing terribly egregious. Egregious, I can't say that word. There's nothing terribly glaring that makes me not like the film at all. It's it's a just serviceable family fun. I don't think they go to the well too many times on like the potty humor poop or fart jokes or anything like that so that is uh good to see because i hate when the movies do that it just becomes repetitive and one of my big complaints with the adams family too from last year is they went to the well too many times on that and there was too many uh modern pop culture references that were i felt were inappropriate to children but this one didn't really do so which i definitely like I think probably the voice talent involved had something to do with that, which is what I would hope anyway. Uh, but Hotel Transylvania for Transformania, if you're not a fan of the franchise, you know, maybe this is not going to get you into them because obviously it's the ending of the franchise itself. But it's still rather enjoyable uh, if you've seen the other ones. Currently, I have this as my favorite film of 2022. But it's only a two-star film for me. I, I can't really go any higher. I think that's about where I gave... Um, I, th I think I gave Hotel Transferring 2 roughly around that same score. I do think it's better. It's just it's something I'm not going to go back and rewatch anytime soon. So I can't really go any higher. But it's nothing a terrible movie. So I could still give like a, a recommendation to families if they do like it. Uh, but it, overall, it, it's, it's something that I enjoyed watching with my daughter that one time. But I can't see myself going back and watching it again something crazy i just wanted to at least talk about something a brand new movie that just hit theaters or actually not theaters but streaming so you can watch it from the comfort of your home i think that's the biggest plus who knows maybe that deserves a half uh, half star uh, up on the rating in there as well but anyway uh, let's move on to our anniversary watch and that is 2017's the killing of a sacred deer we we don't have to worry about nothing because we got the fire 
And we're burning one hell of a something. They, they're gonna see us from outer space. Yeah, I'm really sorry about Bob. It's nothing serious. No, it is. Like with the stars of the human race, human race. Where did you two go? When the light started out, they don't know what they heard. Strike the match, playing loud, giving love to the world. How did his father die? A surgeon never kills a patient. An anesthesiologist can kill a patient, but a surgeon never can. Cause we got the fire, fire, fire. Don't be scared, Mom. You'll see. You won't be able to move either. To get used to it. Where is she? What did you do to her? We're gonna let it burn, burn, burn. I don't understand why I should have to pay the price. Why my children should have to pay the price. It's the only thing I can think of as close to justice. We can let it up, so they can put it out, out, out. All right, so I am joined here by Mr. Ben Brown, one of, you know, we used to do a podcast way back in the day. It seems like it was forever ago, but the Red and Brown podcast. So when I had spun this Killing of a Sacred Deer film, I, I was like, I got to go get Ben because he uh, was a big fan of this movie. So how you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. It was good to see you again. Glad to see good you're to still see you. uh, on the movie trail. Yes, exactly, man. I hear uh, you're doing some, some cool things with your new podcast, too. So uh, tell us about that. Yeah, it's called the Film Appreciation Guild podcast. You can find us at uh, Film Appreciation Guild Pod on uh, Instagram and Guild underscore Film on Twitter. Uh, we don't really do much except for just promote the uh, promote the podcast on any of those. Not it, not too much extra posting or whatever. But uh, we watch. I think the most re- the newest film we watched was the the Notebook. When did the Notebook come out? Uh, like 2013, 11, okay, around yeah. there, early 2010s. Yeah, so that's the that's the newest movie that we watched. And, <laughs> what a uh, random movie for you guys also, to watch yeah. and review. Well, we don't plan what movie we're going to watch ahead of time. We just like rifle through the collection that my buddy has in his garage. And then we're like, All right, let's give the notebook. I've never seen the notebook until then. And we don't watch it with any of the volumes. So, and we're always, we're talking throughout the whole movie. So I don't really know. I still don't know what happened in, in the notebook. <laughs> we, we just, we have the volume turned all the way down. And often we turn on foreign language subtitles to see if we can try to figure out what's going on. Um, but nice. uh, we, yeah, we just released uh, episode 26 was uh, not, it's one of the dirty, hairy ones. Uh, Matt, not Magnum Force. Is it Magnum Force? I can't remember. It's the one that came out in 1988 <laughs> with uh, Dirty Harry Callahan. Um, but uh, yeah, dude, we're we've got 26 published. We've got like a hundred in the bank. So uh, we it, we the movie's too long and our conversations aren't interesting enough to uh, release it all as one part. So every episode, all the movies are in two parts. So you see, you know. Uh, any which way you can, part one. Any which way you can, part two. Not without my daughter. That was one of my favorite episodes that we did. Uh, we also did a three-parter with uh, uh, the bridge on the River Kwai, which was a fantastic. Well, movie. Yeah, I've never seen that movie. It's good. We kind of had the volume turned up on that because you know Sir Alan uh, McGinnis yeah. or Alan Guinness, whoever uh, Obi Wan, yeah. Obi Wan yeah. was the lieutenant there. So it was there cool. Me and my me and the, my other guy, me and one of the guys I do the podcast with, is an army vet. So we have. Uh, all the military movies that we watch, we kind of give we we throw in our old our own army stories or tell yeah, what's inaccurate cool. or accurate about it or say why it's shitty. 
<laughs> like the hurt locker <laughs> oh the, yeah dude hey by the way so that used to be my worst my worst movie of all time right yeah i have a new worst movie of all time it's a movie oh. called the, called the whoopee boys oh it's God. an absolute steaming hell? it's a steaming pile of, i was like angry while i was watching the movie like when, it, when i was watching the hurt locker it's like this movie's dumb this would never happen in the army this would never happen blah 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 but then i watched the uh I watched the Whoopi Boys, and I was just like, I was agitated the entire time because it was such an awful, awful, awful movie. I've never even when when did this come out this year? This movie, uh, two thousand three or two thousand six or something. The Whoopi Boys. The Whoopi Boys. I think Paul Rodriguez is in it. What? Okay, let's see. The Whoopi oh, Whoopi Boys, nineteen eighty six. Eighty six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Paul Rodriguez is in it. Did I say 2006? I'm an idiot. Yeah, Paul Rodriguez would be 50 if he was if that movie came out in 2006. It's so terrible. John and Whoopi, Brum, Whoopi is the uh, is the slang term for sex. So they're basically oh. just. I think they're just trying to get laid the entire time. Yeah, that looks pretty bad. It's a terrible yeah. film. It's got Marcus go. from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. There we go. Oh, Marcus. There we go. And Eddie anyway, Diesel, he was in uh, one of the Critters movies. Sorry. Oh, there we go. Well, so was Leonardo DiCaprio in Critters. No, no, wait. Was it DiCaprio? I think. Well, yeah, that was Critters the... four. Yeah, it was one of those. Yeah, it's when they unfroze the dude when he came back from the future, right? Yeah, one of those. Or something ones. like that. Uh, yeah. Also anyway. a terrible franchise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is. A, I, yeah, that's why I haven't dug into it. I just, I, I know of it. Uh, anyway, so now let's let's transition to an actual good movie. Yeah, I absolutely. feel so. This is my first time movie time ever watching the killing of a sacred deer. I've seen yeah. Yorgos Lanthimos's uh, other. I said that last name wrong, but I I've seen his other films. I really like the favorite uh, lobster. Was really interesting. I've only seen the lobster once. Lobster was uh, very uh, weird. And very weird. The favorite. Describe the yeah, word. The, would be weird. Weird. Uh, the favorite is most easily accessible film. I feel like obviously got nominated for a bunch of Oscars, but the killing of the sacred deer was always one that, that intrigued me. You had mentioned it before in our many conversations uh, in the past too about it. And so I definitely was new. It was one I wanted to watch. And this, if you guys hadn't heard or know anything about it, it came out in 2017. So it's celebrating its five year anniversary now. And it's it's about Dr. Stephen Murphy is a renowned cardio uh, cardiovascular surgeon who presides over a spotless household with his wife and two children lurking at the margins of his idyllic suburban existence is Martin, a fatherless teen who insinuates himself into the a doctor's life gradually in unsettling ways. It stars Colin Farrell as uh, Stephen Murphy and Nicole Kidman as his wife Anna Murphy and Barry Keegan is Martin. Uh, yeah, Billy Barry Keegan, really a uh, awesome little actor there. And then also his yeah. uh, daughter is Rafi Cassidy and Sonny uh, Soljic, I believe. Yeah. Uh, what What was your first impression when you first watched? I know you were a huge fan of this one. I was like a couple of things, but when I was watching, you feel really helpless and frustrated because like. I mean, you you feel they're so robotic. Yeah, well, I mean, there's the the entire movie is devoid of of emotion until towards the end. You know, mm -hmm. um, there's it's like you like you said, it runs a a, a spotless household, but it's like it's also spotless of of any type of 
it's it's devoid of any type of joy or like it, it's just they're just existing. They're not actually living. They're they're kind of just going through the motions. There's no there's no passion or anything in their life whatsoever. It seems just very cold and depressing, kind of generally. And then once you see what happens, what starts happening to Colin Farrell's family, then it becomes very frustrating and helpless. Yeah. That, when I was, so I was watching this, like I said, my first time watching. So when I was watching, I was just like, what the hell is going on? It, it took me a little bit to get into. And I was like, okay, this is, I can, this is interesting for sure. But that last 30 minutes is where it's like, it just kicks it into an extra gear. Yeah. Yeah, where it becomes something totally different. Um, I had I was watching this, and my daughter had walked in. I was like, "Is that the guy from Eternals referring to Barry Keegan?" I was like, "Yeah, but I think you should get what what is, watch out because, I, yeah, I, I haven't seen that yet. What is he doing the the Eternals? He's one of the one of the Eternal characters, the superhero powered characters, I guess. I don't Does know. he have cooler Wait. hair? He has he has short bust no, hair. He, and, uh, killing he has the here. same kind of hair. <laughs> it looks the same. He looks exactly the same. <laughs> Maybe as they Eternals. just. With all the Hollywood magic, they just could not give him a new haircut. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't even they, they CGI a removal of a mustache, but they couldn't add him some hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, dude, that was one of the most ridiculous things about that movie. Henry Cavill's CGI mustache. Oh yeah, it's talking about uh, the Justice Josh Whedon's Justice Justice League movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, Barry Keegan in the Killing Secret Dear Man. Hey, there's something about that guy. He's uh, he is. A actor that you, when you're watching, like you just can't take your eyes off him because you're like this. There's something about this guy that I just I I, I don't know. I can't, I can't look away. It seems mm-hmm. like at least mm-hmm. especially in the, as Martin here is this guy who's just trying the way he talks and way he just kind of inserts himself into this life. And it, as it you're starting to the layers start getting peeled back on the whole story here, it's a uh, kind of rather fascinating. I definitely need to rewatch this and add this film to the collection for those reasons yeah. alone, essentially. But uh, uh, what is your take on like the Martin character in general? So one, like I was confused by it at first. Like, is this kid like a witch who cast a spell onto his yeah, family? Yeah, like, I was confused by that too, yeah. But then like it's, he's very, and I don't uh, mean this to disparage any, any populations, but he almost seems like he's kind of on the spectrum, you know what I mean? As far as mm. kind of Aspergery, just the way he speaks and the way he carries himself. And it's just, he's, he doesn't seem like he, he, he seems like he has some developmental issues and like that could have been his mom is weird. Like, you know, with Alicia Silverstone, his mom, his mom <laughs> I, yeah. definitely has some has some type of profound effect on his development because she's just strange. You know, uh, we'd have no idea what his father was like, but he definitely has some type of, uh, you know, social development eccentricities just based off how he, how he interacts with, with Bob and uh, Colin Farrell's daughter's name. I can't remember the daughter's name, but uh, how are you? It is Kim. Yeah. Kim. Kim. So how he, how he interacts with Bob and Kim. It's just, he's, it's like, like you said, robotic. It's like uh, emotionless uh, entities tr- uh, conversing with each other. There's not. He's the only like they don't they don't really seem to have anything going on in their life as far as like anything to anything remarkable to speak of until uh, until Martin comes in and starts you know introducing conflict. It, but it's yeah, I don't know. It's just uh, he is it's weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if he's if he's a witch or whatever. And it, when I, after I watched this movie, a bunch of stuff started popping up on my YouTube feed about trying to explain scenes from, from killing of a sacred deer. It's like, this is interesting that I just watched this on Netflix. And now all this stuff is showing up on YouTube telling me to f- try to figure this movie out. 
so I had uh, had randomized this movie a lot the week ago, yeah. and I just finally got it done. Like I think Friday, um, before I got off work a little early and watched the movie, and I was just like, "Wow, this is crazy!" But then it's funny enough, the movie I watched before this one. Mm-hmm. I had no idea Alicia Silverstone was in it, but I watched yeah. her '90s film Clueless before this. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> so I had watched Clueless like a day before this. And I was like, "Wait, is that? Yeah, that is her. Wow, as if. Yeah, wow, that's Honestly, crazy. She looks better 22 years later, or whenever, however far, much later, uh, freaking Sacred Deer was from Clueless. Yeah, she definitely. Uh, yeah, she has like that timeless. I I like to also yeah. blast from the past too. But it's, yeah. it's good yeah. to see that she's doing a lot of stuff because you know she kind of seemed to me at least I'm I don't know. There was a time where I you see you used to see her all the time like Clueless, Blast from the Past, and uh, Batman mm-hmm. versus Batman and yeah. Robin. So it was like all those yeah. like night late '90s stuff. She was in other stuff she, too, but she also like just she had never been kissed. Oh no, that was Drew Barrymore. Never been kissed, right? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. That was Drew Barrymore. Okay, yeah. But I, guess, I think the, the two people that we're we haven't ta- mentioned yet was Colin Farrell and Nicole mm-hmm. Kidman in here. The uh, mm-hmm. the parent uh, parents here uh, talk about some like interesting uh, husband wife dynamics, uh, especially with their intimacy stuff that was <laughs> yeah. going on. Yeah. Obviously, they're yeah. both. I kind of I got the impression from my watch here that they were, there was definitely a tortured past to both of them. That could be the reason why they're so robotic. Obviously, I think Colin Farrell like rubbed off rubbed out his dad once that was uh, <laughs> i was like yeah. what the hell is going on yeah, I, they, and then sure. their daughter's going on their period i was like holy and God, like announcing it and announcing like she's it, advertising like, and shit like it's i thought that was a, a fairly like private thing that a girl experiences but she's just like hey by the way <laughs> so obviously it means like they, they're emotionless and plus they don't have their own filter or like yeah, you know, they yeah, don't hide yeah. anything. So that's what yeah. it also kind of seems like. So, but anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Colin Farrell, I think, gives a really. He's been in two of these Yorgo uh, Yorgos's films. He yeah. was in The Lobster as well. Totally different mm-hmm. characters, but there's something uh, quite fascinating with uh, Stephen Murphy in this movie. He just has a very like this. Yep, this is how I'm going to do these things, and I got I got to do all these different things here, and and it. it it's a it's a character that I think rather find hard to explain at least the first time watching, mm-hmm. but yeah, I thought he did a pretty decent job with this character, and especially at the end where he's trying to figure out like how do I get out break this cycle. There was definitely have to be some kind of like hex that was on their family because yeah, there he I I truly believe that he did drink and kill Barry Keegan's father even if it was unintentional, yeah. but something that, some that kind of hex him. got yeah some kind of hex got put on this family where. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Uh, it uh, starts to go down. We'll talk about that third act in a little bit. But uh, what's yeah. your impression between uh, Colin and Nicole's performances here? Yeah, it's. I mean, uh, the that in, that first sex scene where she just basically lays like a dead body on the bed, dude. <laughs> I was like, yes, that's so. That's his kink. He likes to act like he's banging dead bodies, I guess. And that, just so you think it's not Egypt. So, you can't so, do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, so they're already establishing a very disconnected intimacy, right? At the, from the very beginning, you understand that there's there's some type of chasm for, you know, uh, actual connection between that's this husband and wife pair. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of it could be like once we find out later, he's had a drinking problem. He's, he's been sober for a certain amount of months and his his relapse i guess nicole kidman always seems like she's maybe you know concerned that he could be drinking again um and maybe that's that could be another reason that's that the thing that's affecting their intimacy is she hasn't really rebuilt that trust Mm -hmm. well that you know that is that was probably undoubtedly violated during his alcoholism and so uh there's 
there's that i think and it, that's also good now that i'm thinking about it we're talking about it um that could be what's contributed to the entire like really cold emotionless environment is now that dad's mm. sober like he, now that he's sober maybe he feels like he's dead inside and he's not like he's so not the fun just, dad anymore everyone's a super yeah he's not fun anymore but also he's not throwing dishes across the kitchen when he gets upset so it's like everything's a little bit more mellow but it's also boring and everyone's just kind of chilled and then you know this this crazy martin comes into their life and uh kind of stirs everything up but uh yeah there's definitely uh i would say a their their intimacy is cold to say the least yeah definitely definitely i, I think the performances here by everybody they definitely do what they're they're supposed to and it feels like they're in part of this really cold dark world here uh so I definitely have to give them props to all the performances here. The only one that's kind of like totally like bonkers different was Alicia Silverstone. She just feels different. She feels like in yeah. her, she's like in this, like, you know, just a completely different film, but it also works yeah. for that character too, as mentioned yeah. with the interactions with Martin here too. But mm -hmm. jumping into that third act, man, like there's something like the conversation between Martin and Steven when the diners, I believe it was, they just starts like, well, you know what you do. You have to kill one of them. And then they're going to go one, their legs are going to, they're going to be paralyzed and then they're going to go starve themselves. And once you get to the eye bleeding, it's, it's over. And I was yeah. like, what the hell is going on now? And then all of a yeah. sudden, like the sun just face plants it right in the freaking shot. I thought that was a yeah. beautiful shot. They raised up yeah. the camera up and you can see the whole shot. You can just feel the impact and the, the kid hits and it's just like, yeah. what the hell is going on? Mm -hmm. A crazy, uh, just like, it's like the whole movie just flipped on its head about like 30 yeah. minutes before the movie's about to end. Yeah, that's one thing I, I was thinking about too. Uh, we're talking about how everything's very buttoned up and stuff in that household. Uh, Colin Farrell seemed like a guy who is desperately trying to maintain control of whatever order you know there is in his life and then this uh then martin comes in like in the hospital he said like you know, uh your son said that you're three times as hairier that than i am and and then he like he tells him he asks him to open his shirt and it, but like then he then he does then he opens his shirt it's like when you say no I'm not going to open my shirt and show you my chest at all for any reason whatsoever. This is yeah, plus I'm at work too. That's not appropriate. Yeah, also, yeah, we're, in, <laughs> we're in my office and you want me to take my shirt off and then he shows him. His minor. And stuff. Yeah. It's just, it's just super, super, super weird. It's just like, there's, I don't know if he feels like obliging him is going to keep him calm. And I, I don't know what he was thinking. I don't I feel like I need to watch this again to try to get inside Colin Farrell's head, but it's like, I don't know. It's just that so many of the things that he complied with as far as that kid goes, was just wild to me. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, um, so the, when you, you get deeper and deeper into that uh, last ending of the film here and you get, mm -hmm. she, uh, Kim going through her things. I was wait, writing, waiting for Nicole Kidman's character, Anna to go through like the paralyzed as well. But when they they go to like it's like a torture sequence down there, like freaking Barry Keegan's getting the shit kicked <laughs> yeah. out of him. I, yeah. was like, I was like, damn. I was like, that's a grown man hitting a little teenage kid. We've all wanted hey. to do it. No, I'm just kidding. He, <laughs> but, he yeah. totally cut loose, dude. He did. And then then like it starts getting to the sense where uh he decides, okay, I need to end this cycle. And they all like he ties yeah. his whole family up. Colin Farrell tallies his whole family up and like just runs around in a circle with a shotgun. <laughs> I was like, dude, I was like, what the hell is going on? Damn. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. That was the most, uh, 
and I'd seen the movie, like I said, I'd seen it before. This is my second time seeing it. Is when I just watched it again recently, uh, last night. But uh, like I'm sitting there, and I know what happens. I've seen it before, you know. But I'm still sitting there, like tense, like you know, with my mouth covered, like waiting, just you know, super suspenseful, waiting to see what happens. And even though I knew what happened, I'm not going to spoil it, even though the movie came out freaking five years ago. But uh, and it's on Netflix, by the way. But uh, you know, the ending is just. It's tragic. No matter how it would have ended, it would have been tragic. But like to, I don't know. Just I couldn't imagine having to having to make that decision. Yeah, that would be a crazy, yeah, crazy way. The, the most like compelling shot of the whole thing is when at the very end they're all at the di- the same diner. That oh, that's like man. the only diner in the whole the whole city that they're in. <laughs> yeah, for some yeah. reason, it's like a, a budget Denny's, and Denny's is pretty yeah. budget anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, Martin comes in and you just see the family there too. And it's like, they just like kind of acknowledge that he's there and he's like, okay, now it's time to leave. And it's just like, uh, wow. It's, it's like, it just, and then abruptly ends. That's well, how it goes. And, all, and you're like, what the hell happened? <laughs> yeah. He just sits there and stares at them too. Like the guy like, brings oh, him yeah, his cup of water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The guy brings him his glass of water and he just sits there and continues to stare. He has a good just, stare. He's a good stare. Yeah, it's like, well, because it's like lifeless. And it also like looks, it's also looking through them too. It's not looking at you. It's like, it's like peering in inside of you and like past you. It's weird. It's, I don't know. Yeah, when I like see Barry Keegan, like I always see like he doesn't have any eyebrows, but he clearly does. <laughs> they are super light. That's what like, I think that's yeah, why yeah. it gives him like that creepier look. It's his eyebrows. Yeah, that's dude, really that crazy. definitely, that definitely contributed to it entirely. Yeah. And it also uh, seemed like, he was uh it also contributed to like the the genuine i guess the genuineness if that's a word to uh, Barry <laughs> Keegan's character is like um he was trying to figure out what he was saying while he was saying it to them it didn't seem like he had they didn't seem like he was reading lines it's like he was trying to actually come up with the conversation you know what i mean it seemed very like he was actually thinking about what to say rather than just reciting you know what i mean yeah, he was just kind of like and like just having a conversation, improving the conversation. Yeah, very. He was very. It seemed like he was very in the moment with everything that he was doing in the movie. Nice. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, yeah. So I, I guess like I, I don't know where to rate this. You know, like we do the four star system. I'm like, mm-hmm. like I kind of want to go three and a half. Then like I've only seen it the one time. I can see it going higher. I, I'm currently at a like a three stars for this movie it's it's yeah. definitely i feel like one of the ones i want to rewatch more like the, the lobster and the favorite mm-hmm. so i give it props for those for that but uh, yeah he's a very yorgos is a very compelling director that it's just there's something about each of his movies that just has that like kind of interesting he has a way with like directing these bigger name actors that you see but they get lost in that kind of like the world of his so you don't actually yeah like i wasn't feel like i was watching nicole kim and i wasn't feeling like i was watching colin farrell or yeah. Even for instance, like uh, Rachel uh, Weiss and Emma Stone and like the favorite and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. It's like get these bigger actors into these films. He has a he's a great great director that just tells these really weird stories that uh, yeah. makes you kind of peel the layers back to try to dive into more what they're actually about. It kind of gets you like it puts those big name actors in scenes that you wouldn't expect them to be in, or films all in in general. Like like for example. That aggressive hand job scene with uh, Nicole Kidman and that dude in the car—you <laughs> can cut this part I out if you want. But would you ever? Who like when they were watching Far and Away? 
with Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman been like, I bet she's going to jerk a dude off in the SUV in about 20 years. <laughs> like, no one ever would have thought that. Or Batman Forever. Probably more yeah. accessible yeah. movie. <laughs> and like leather. Yeah, it was just like... <laughs> I, I just that I would when I saw that it wasn't even like sexual either. It was just like oh my, like oh she is hating every moment of this, and it's like, As she it was should, so, yeah. it was wildly uncomfortable and just something that like I said you would not expect to see Nicole Kidman doing. You know what I mean? You wouldn't also expect her to be like naked in a movie. That's true. So yeah, she, she did have a couple of nude scenes. That's correct. Which is uh, it's it's also nuts. But anyway, you yeah. said you had mentioned you when you were rewatching this, you picked up on some other stuff. What kind of other tidbits did you find in this movie before we kind of wrap up? It was primarily the uh, like the robotic exchange of uh, of the dialogue and how cold and like you know void of any type of life everything was. Before when I watched it the first time, I was just trying to figure out like what the hell is happening. And then now this time I was able to f like focus more on the conversation and the character development and how and the relationships between everybody. And then but I'm still freaking Barry Keegan is still a 100 percent mystery to me. I have no idea what this kid's deal is. I'm like he might he might as well just be a warlock. He's a male witch. He's a warlock who casts spells on people who slight him. And that's just what he does, dude. He's gonna he's gonna hunt for it. Killing of a sacred deer too is him hunting down another family and and hexing them. Killing of a sacred deer, sacred deer. -er. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that'd be kind of interesting. Yeah, but yeah, I'm always ex excited to see what Barry Keegan will do next because I think he was in like one of my favorite movies this last year called The Green Knight. I really like that one too. Yeah, Apparently, it was yeah. in Dunkirk. I've totally forgot about that. Yeah, I don't remember him in Dunkirk either. Oh, he's in the new Batman movie. Oh, I, I bet he, be well, he's uh, he's probably working for the uh, what's the uh, let's see what he's let's see what his name is, he is Jimmy here. Olsen. Is that the guy? Oh, no, that's Superman, huh? Oh, Jimmy Olsen, no, yeah, Superman. Jimmy Olsen, Superman. yeah, his officer Stanley Merkel. Okay, so he's probably gonna get killed like in the third act, <laughs> probably. Yeah, he's just a, he's not, he's, yeah, who's Commissioner yeah. Gordon in that one, dude? That's gonna be a great movie, uh, Commissioner Gordon, oh, James uh, Jeffrey Wright. Okay, and then they yeah. got freaking uh, they got uh, Paul Dano as the Riddler. Yeah, that's the Riddler. fantastic. Dude. And then uh, you got great. Gollum as you have Gollum as uh, Alfred. Oh no way, he is. Yeah, the Andy yeah, Circus. You got Alfred. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Oh, that's gonna be good. I said Jeremy Irons is still my favorite Alfred. Yeah, I, I liked and him I, a lot. Yeah, he was good in that one. Yeah, uh, but anyway, if you had to. Uh, Oh, John Turtle 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 is in this one too as the Roman Carmine Falcone. Nice. That's a, that's a good idea. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bringing Carmine back. Anyway, anyway, that's Batman. Let's talk about finish up wrap up this thing. Is this uh, still one of your little rabbit trail there? No, no, no worries, guys. Yeah. Uh, is this still one of your favorite movies of the decade? Yeah, that's dude. The I love question. Yeah, I love movies that are uh, that are slow and and like to have a dark mood to them like that. Like uh, we need to talk about Kevin was a uh, was another good one. Uh, very dark, also tragic as hell. Um, and there's another one. It's not very it's not dark, but it's slow and allows the characters to develop. Is the room? I think it's called not the room. Um, it's the it's the one <laughs> with uh, me apart, Lisa. Yeah, 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 with uh, Christoph Waltz and uh, Tilda Swinton. And they're in an apartment, and a uh, freaking who else? Oh, what's her name? Kate Winslet's in it. 
Carnage. Yeah, Carnage. Yeah, car Carnage. Yeah. Maybe I thought it was the room because they stay in their freaking uh, apartment. It's the not Tilda Swinton, though. It's Jody. Oh, Foster. Jody Foster. Okay. My apologies, Jody. Uh, Tilda Swinton. I like you more yeah. than Jodie Foster. Um, but this entire movie, it's two hours and five minutes takes place in their apartment. Two hours, five. I got 80 minutes. <laughs> I don't know. That's one what of am I looking at? Oh, I'm looking at the wrong. Sorry, I was looking at the wrong thing. But yes, 80 minutes. Sorry. Roman Polanski movie. There we go. Oh, it is? Oh, I can never watch that movie again. I didn't realize yeah. it was a Roman Polanski movie. <laughs> With that said... Um, that's uh, what's your final rating on killing the sacred deer? I know you, whatever your rating scale is, what would you say? Man, I'm gonna have to go with the uh, the star search rating, and give it three and three quarter stars. Three and three quarters. There we go. Yeah, perfect. It's it's not quite four. It's uh, I don't know. I, I really liked it, but it's just it doesn't. Uh, it's not one of those movies that I could pop on anytime and watch. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. There totally. are dark movies like that. I guess The Cell isn't really in the same genre, but it's dark and creepy. <laughs> and I like this. The Jennifer Lopez movie? Yeah. And to both Vincents, dude. D'Onofrio yeah, and Vaughn. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, where can we uh, find you on all that kind of fun stuff again? Let me uh, bring plug it up. Your, plug your shit. Yeah. A Film Appreciation Guild on Instagram, all one word. And then at guild underscore film on Twitter. And you can find us on iTunes and Podbean and uh, Amazon podcasts. And let me log in to see the uh, the other ones that we're on. Thanks. Make sure you send me all those so I can put them at the, on our, our show notes. There too. Hell yeah. Podcast. Dashboard. Come on. What am I on? Well, we're, okay, so we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Podbean, we're on Spotify, we're on Amazon. Yeah, all all of those four. I haven't I figured out Google yet. I don't know why they're not. Uh, I must be doing something wrong. That out yet. <laughs> so if you guys want to listen to people watch movies with no volume on, this that's the, go go. Let's give them a shout. There's also a fun few conversation. Episodes. I forget which which episode in particular, but one of the co-hosts got incredibly drunk and it was just yeah, it was well, that we're usually drinking and and, and nice digesting other substances during the episodes too so <laughs> that adds to the fun of the conversation <laughs> all right well with that said we're gonna transition and we're gonna move on to our next hell yeah segment. hell yeah all right everybody it's that time in the show where i head on over to the randomizer to try to figure out what film i'll be watching and reviewing for the next episode of daily notes keep in mind we are talking about anniversary uh, years here so anything with a two or a seven at the end uh, that's our anniversary years ranging all the way back 40 years which will be 1982 and all the way up to 2017 which is only a film celebrating five years that's what happened this week with killing of the sacred deer uh, there is another uh, spin on another category and they're called big blinds these are movies not celebrating anniversaries but i feel like are essential watches that i need to get knocked out so hopefully we fall on that one that would be awesome uh, we obviously have fallen. Uh, we didn't do this officially yet, but I did do a 1987 movie of Wall Street, 
a couple weeks ago as well. Uh, but I still be with okay. There's some big 87 mil films in there too. So uh, with let's let's get into it. See what film, uh, what year that we'll be uh, doing, and then we'll figure out what movie. Here we go. We'll spin it. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. 2007. We're heading over to 2007. I, I, I texted Todd a rough picture of what films in 2007 I haven't seen. He's like, there's some daunting movies there. So some big ones are going to be put on our randomizer. Alrighty. I have tabulated 10 movies in our 20 or 2007 list. And I got to say, there are some really big ones that I haven't seen here. Uh, there's a couple smaller ones, possibly. Uh, but anyway, this is the list of 10 movies that I have picked out of a big, long list of films that are even Oscar-nominated here. So there's some big ones here. The first one, The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. We have Into the Wild, The Darjeeling Limited, Lars and the Real Girl, Walk Hard, Sunshine, Michael Clayton, The Golden Compass, For the Devil Knows You're Dead, and rounding it out is Grindhouse. Uh, it's really hard to say which one I really am looking forward to seeing. Uh, Golden Compass is one that I'm not looking forward to, but it's an Oscar nominee that I hadn't seen yet, so that's why that's on here. But uh, Walk Hard would be an interesting, a really fun one. I might have to get the guys to be on there. Assassination of Jesse James, I own this movie, really need to watch it. Uh, Lars and the Real Girl, love Ryan Gosling, would love to watch that one. And a Grindhouse, too, is a complete big blind spot there. Uh, but all these movies have been ones that I've been wanting to watch. The Devil Knows We, um, For the Devil Knows You're Dead is another one that I'm really looking forward to watching. Anyway, let's stop chatting and let's spin that wheel. Okay, I'm kind of nervous on this spin to see which one we're getting. Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, baby, yes, this is going to be a great one. We're watching Grindhouse. Oh, my goodness, yes, finally get to watch this movie here. Really, really excited for it. I gotta, I, I have to try to get Todd on this one. Gotta watch this one with Todd. Um, anyway, really looking forward to seeing Grindhouse. Anyway, guys, that was today's episode. We talked about Hotel Transylvania 4, uh, which was, it was fine. And we call, watched Killing of the Sacred Deer. Let me know on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Adam Sideways. Or you can follow our podcast at Almost Sideways on Twitter. And also check the links in the description box. There is a link for my letterbox where you can follow, uh, get some snippets of my other reviews for films I've seen throughout the week. Just watched a really fun movie called Cedar Rapids from 2011. First time watching that one. John C. Riley. I would love to hang out with uh, Mr. Ziegler, uh, played by John C. Riley in that film. But anyway, I digress. Anyway, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's go. To, uh, yeah, I'll see you guys in that one. Bye.